It's July 27th, 2023. This is The Rook. Welcome to episode 274 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Salam, Dustan Aziz. Hope you are doing well wherever you are tuning in from around the world. We are on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. I'm starting to do this like William Shatner. We <laughs> are in a. Uh, hello, Smart Pega. Hello. Well, your microphone's kind of quiet. Hello, hello. Sound person, Louise, can you turn up um, Peg out a little bit? Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. Can mm. you hear me better? Yeah. I mean, I can kind hear of? the front. There oh, you are. Oh, there we oh. go. Oh, wow. Yeah, you see? <laughs> uh, now, coming up, mm-hmm. dynamic Iranian singer, yes. musician, popular star, mm-hmm. former Black Cats member. Yes, yes. Kamiar. Very excited for this. Are interview. you excited? No, I, I am. I, in preparation for this interview, okay. I said to myself, you know what, Gian? <laughs> uh, Pega will let, is going to be a fan of Kamiya. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was correct. You are correct. But you know what the funny thing is? I never used to be. Oh. Yeah. I mean, initially, first of all, Black Cats days, I guess I didn't really know who he was. It was just kind of like Black Cats is. As a group. You didn't know I, the names. Yeah, I didn't know like who was who. I just knew, uh-huh. you know, kind of black cats is black cats. But then... Um, Did you know Chapel Chaparre? Yeah, I mean, him I knew. Did you know Schubert? No. Okay. <laughs> but then that's I saw... That's all I know too. That's yeah. all you know yeah. too. No, okay. I know. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then kind of as the years went by and Kamiar went out on his own, I saw one interview with him and I was so surprised by some of the things that he said and this perception that I had of him of just being as part of this band and that was it you know, was kind of totally changed after this interview. And then I got to understand his music a little bit better, and I really, really like him. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah. I, I actually don't know him. He's not somebody that sometimes we have musicians on stuff mm-hmm. who are already friends of ours. Obviously, he works with and knows a lot of people. In fact, right. I, we're going to go out today on a his most recent song is with Baba Kamini, mm-hmm. our buddy, you know. And But I don't I, I don't really know Kamiar. We're just, just in terms of organizing this interview, we've been right. in touch a little bit and Super P was contacting him and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, but he, uh, having done the research now and watched a bunch of his interviews and, and learned about his story, mm-hmm. totally interesting guy. Yeah. First of all, another Persian, art, prominent Persian pop artist, mm-hmm. Who never was, didn't grow up in Iran. Yeah. He's like, it reminds me of Airphone or yeah, Maximini exactly. or these people who, although I think of those guys as more American, I, I, I really thought Kamiar would have been somebody who, till the age of 20, was in Iran. Really? You know? Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And so interesting that he, uh, then I thought, oh, he's an American because he's in LA <laughs> and stuff. Um, but he's actually French. You know, oh. He grew up in Paris. Interesting. He was born in Iran after the age of one or something. The family moves mm-hmm. to right around the time of the revolution. Okay. Family needs to get out of Iran, goes to France. Mm-hmm. So his self-identity, his early years, his understanding of culture is shaped by being a kid, an Iranian kid growing up in France in the 80s oh. and 90s. A, a really interesting guy. And then uh, uh, I, I just assumed 
He's a great. I knew he was a good singer. Mm-hmm. Kamiar, I knew was a good singer. He's a great I've singer, heard him. He's yeah. a great singer. He really is. And I found out that he loves Stevie Wonder. My first question for him <laughs> is going to be about Stevie. I love that there's an Iranian guy who's in love with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I'm, you know, Stevie's my guy. Yeah. You know, below Bowie. I was going to say Stevie Wonder. I've always said if I could have a voice like anybody in the world, I'd want Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Oh. And I, anytime Good I can, choice. I see Stevie Wonder live over the years, you know. Mm. But I don't think he's a big name in the Iran. Like people, some of a certain generation might know Stevie yeah. Wonder, definitely. But not of a really, he's generation. not the Pink Floyd category <laughs> where Iranians, the Metallica, modern talking, modern, modern <laughs> fucking. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I get the, it. The Iranians know modern talking, but. Don't. This is absurd. No one's heard of modern talking except Jean's for blood pressure. Yeah. Anyway, is yeah. So, but they, they, so they don't know uh, Stevie Wonder, but he's coming here. So anyway, I knew he was a great singer. Mm-hmm. Turns out he's a classical pianist. Yeah, that's that's something Did, that I found. out. You didn't about. know that? Well, no, that's what now I found that you out. Now you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was incredible. Not a lot of interviews with Kamiard in English, too. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to doing this. Anyway, Kamiard joining us for a feature interview in just a few moments. I think he's in L.A. Somewhere in Las Vegas, I, we'll find out as soon as I he joins us. We have his number, and he's joining us on Zoom. <laughs> I would and, hope so. Yeah, yeah, he's not coming in the studio, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but, but now we are recording. Today is actually Monday. Mm-hmm. Humans are hearing this on Thursday and beyond. <laughs> yes, and humans and animals. Humans and, and animals. Rook animal fans as well. That's right. Because uh, I'm going away mm-hmm. and tomorrow, and so we're pre-recording this show. So for all intents and purposes, all of our information. Is as of today. Monday, yes. even though what? Oh, you know what? What day did I say it was today? I said it was July twenty fourth, and I should uh, have not said that because it's actually <laughs> this is Thursday. <laughs> I'll change the beginning. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'll redo the beginning. But it's it's July twenty seventh <laughs> for humans and animals. Yes, but for us, it's just, it's it's Monday. Yeah. So we can only guess. Now we have to hope. That uh, it's funny because uh, you know I'm an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's all. Who there's, doesn't know that you're an Arsenal? Fan? Well, people I'd, need I'd to, know. to know. People need to know I'm an Arsenal <laughs> fan. And the guys I listen to who do Arsenal podcasts. Right. They're especially at a time when there's a lot of signings, and you know we're waiting for people to be signed and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're always saying, you know, I bet you by the time this podcast is out there, mm-hmm. the deal will be done and we'll be right. left behind. So similarly, we're recording this on Monday night, but who knows, you know. Day What's after tomorrow, the regime falls. You know, you never uh, know. Hossein Ronari is the new, I don't know, <laughs> president. And and we'll be, it'll be Monday. And we're going, ah, oh, we didn't nothing know. So we didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and more importantly, we'll, what will Twitter be called by Thursday? <laughs> because who knows? This Elon Musk, I, you know, I don't know the guy. Seems like a genius guy, yeah. right? What's going on with this guy? Why would you take a company, a brand name? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure this will be dissected and discussed by smarter people than me that observe major corporations and stuff. But why would, even if you're making big changes, Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole language we tweet, right? Right. Or people who go on Twitter. I I gave up on Twitter a long time ago, but but, uh, I still lurk. Right. And now it's going to be called X or it is. I'm I'm a big fan of Twitter. I love uh-huh. Twitter. I'm What about Persian Twitter? Persian Twitter even more so. Oh, okay. Even though it takes me 10 times Is longer Persian to Persian Twitter read. also X now? I guess I, it has to I be. Don't, well, first of all, referring back to quote-unquote X, I don't think it's going to go through that easily because Microsoft just um 
announced or I don't know, something's come out just within the last couple of hours that they have a copyright on X. Remember oh, Microsoft X? X, that's yeah. right. So right no. now there's all this legal... Maybe this is a gag. You think he's just know. doing this to get a bunch of attention? I don't know. He Why does, would you rebrand everything? The he way? does these crazy impulsive things and somehow they always work. Mm. This is the thing I don't get. Uh, uh, is Twitter working? Yeah, come on. Twitter is still pretty good. No. I mean, what happened to Threads? Are you still on that? Uh, Thank you. I posted something about <laughs> Tony Bennett on Threads, as a matter of fact. I don't know. I think I, I got 11 like... likes. <laughs> <laughs> It was 11 people who saw it. I, I, all I'm uh, going to say is Twitter is still superior to Threads. So. Well, you thre- I mean, Twitter's been around for a decade, you know, you know, 15 years, and Threads started but last threads week. Threads was hilarious. It was like they became the most, um, they, want, they got some sort of like crazy record of most people to sign up on the first day or something like that. And then the second day, it was like, that's it, downhill Yeah, it there. is tumbleweeds over there. Yeah, yeah Threads land is not, not looking good. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it'll be, but I, this Twitter thing, I'm sorry. I, I, do, I do think that this is a uh, whatever Elon Musk is smoking. It's it's not working for me. I it's think it's he's... too it's too. First of all, Twitter was already this is we're wasting time. Yeah. The commiar is coming, but Twitter was already a uh, a toxic place to me. To, mm-hmm. Twitter is the at the apex of of toxic when it comes to we talk about social media being right. places that divide people. I mm-hmm. find Twitter is the height of that and. I do believe that it's only gotten worse mm-hmm. with the Elon. I don't I don't think I think he sees that as part of the game. It's like, yeah, we want people to you know, but that's argue the reality, with each other, isn't it? I mean, no. I agree with you. I don't think it should be that divided and no, that No, people toxic. do things anonymously or people just go on Twitter and yell at each other. I mean, it's not that's actually isn't real life. That's, no, I'm not it's, saying it's real life, but I think that's part of social media these days. It is part of social media and it's not healthy. Yeah. But but so anyway, whatever. You know, th- that's right. You go on there if you want to and Elon's building up, but now it's X today. Today it's X. By the time the Rook <laughs> show comes out on Thursday, who, who knows, knows what, what it'll, it'll be. be. Maybe yeah. it'll be back to Twitter. Yeah. I think and he's the got, bird is gone, the little bird, I, the blue I can't bird. I believe that. So weird. It's so weird. I mean, could you imagine yeah, I don't know. But I think he's got this the, this crazy plan because like if you look at all of his other stuff, right? Everything else has these like weird names and alphabet and things like that so i think he's trying to unify everything okay but i don't know sure what do i know so this weekend which was five four days ago <laughs> in the humans who are listening this, this humans <laughs> I versus why I us said, yeah. i mean what are we here <laughs> we're, we're not humans so the, today is monday we just passed the weekend yes. And uh, even though you're hearing this Thursday, it's brand new if you're listening to us right now, but we were recording this a couple of days early. Uh, We just had a weekend. We had a big festival here in Mm -hmm. Toronto. And there was a bunch of Persian, a big, in fact, I think it's one of the biggest. Largest. Cultural festivals in the world of Iranians. And there was a lot of performances. Mm -hmm. Some people we know. Yeah. Some people, some new friends made. Definitely. Uh, But for each of the stages, um, literally the stages, yep. uh, there are MCs. Yep. Um, back in the day, I used to do some of this MCing <laughs> for Tear Gone back 100 years ago, like five years ago or whatever it was. 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tear Gone started 14 years ago, you yeah. know. But uh, but now you were doing some of the MCing. I was. Uh, smart. In fact, the Rook team was all over this Tear Gone they thing. They were. There was like a, a singing with kiosk and there was a, uh, you know, uh, Kaveh, one of our... Uh, 
young guys just working with he us was here. Part of the he MCs, was part of the MC. Yeah. Dario, who's been on she was Anahita, was dancing up there. Yeah. You know, the, the Rook team represent. Although I noticed you didn't mention anything about Rook when I, you were up there. You know, there. I was going to stand up there and I was going to introduce myself as Smart Pega. <laughs> I don't get why that's such a joke to you to mention no, Rook Media. It was just you could you could have said, hey, you might know me from. People would have gone. In fact, well, I had a, somebody come to me and go. By the way, I just saw somebody. Was that Pega from? I'm like. Well, this person would have been so happy to hear your Pega from yeah, Rook. Yeah, they would have. But no, no. You know what? You it, were not. We were. We say were anything. on a very strict script. Yeah. Yes. How? Uh, what was your highlight of the? Uh, you you emceed the opening night. I did with Rastock. Oh my gosh, they were incredible. And then I saw you opening. Did you emcee the Paris Sayad thing? No, no. That no, was no. my favorite thing probably of the weekend. Mm-hmm. There was a tribute to the great comedic actor slash writer slash director slash a Paravis Sayad and it was a beautiful tribute and which led to a standing ovation that was minutes long Mm -hmm. it was probably 10 minutes or something and it was quite emotional yeah you I thought you hosted that no forget that no no no. no. I was there I was in the audience but uh no I didn't host that I thought see I just see you everywhere (laughs) I think it's you yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That but, was a, what was a highlight for you? Um, you know what? This is going to sound so like cliche, but really the highlight was actually I was really nervous to do this. Mm-hmm. It was my first time ever. Great. Thank you. Yeah. It was my first time ever doing something mm-hmm. like this. Um, and I was really nervous. And the highlight for me was actually seeing all of you guys, my friends, family, everybody from Rook. I'm serious. Ugh, it really was. It's exhausting. so hard to stand up there and feel that nervous. And it's your nice whole family was there. My whole family with the little was pooch, there. Yeah, little dog, Truffle yeah. was there. That's right. Um, but Oogie, really, Oogie came on Sunday. Yeah, but he didn't meet Truffle. No, Truffle went home on Sunday. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Now we're just talking about our dogs. Dogs, yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. Poor Kamiar. There's people who've tuned in to hear Kamiar, and instead they're listening, they're to, listening us to us babble on about Elon Musk. Yes. But uh, well, congratulations Thank on you. your. On, I thought you did a great job emceeing. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, you know this tier gone. I have to say this festival, these festivals lovely because i go and uh you know it's a place where a lot of people will see you mm-hmm. and they'll come say hello for sure but it's also a reminder of how iranians oh i'm holding my breath well okay. <laughs> i mean this is this these iranians it, it they, it's all about appearance okay. it's got like in terms of first of all i don't understand how iranians are so wonderfully tarofi and polite and right. have all this sense of decorum but not when they come up to you at a festival they're, <laughs> they're gonna mention the way you look right this doesn't matter oh no the number of times somebody said to me that i'm the, the, let me give you an example okay there's a guy that this is an absolute true story okay this was like after the one of the concerts and I saw the guy comes up and goes, eh, and I go, yeah. Yes. He's like looking excited. This like, and I go, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he, that's it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, the podcast is good. Good job. You know, like that. And then, like this the whole time my everybody face right they, now they <laughs> come up and they and, and the number of people like they would go hey Gian, you're Gian, right yeah aren't you like you're you're much taller than we thought oh my goodness and then why like why is this such a why thing? do you did you well, you're growing a beard i mean i couldn't stop you know even people i've never met before who were who would then go on to comment uh, like compliment the the show right right but which, they have to start they with start something with something appearance. about my appearance topoli should you why are you so tall 
And the tall thing was weird well, again. That's what I was I, this say. is the, this like is... Um, how many times have we talked about this? But it it happened. Even Super P was with me for a couple. Of, like yeah, I swear, like ten people in a row came up and they were like, "Oh, I thought you were shorter." So and then and then I say, "No, this is my height." And then they're like, "Yeah, weird." Like they they don't even believe <laughs> when I'm in front of them. Oh they don't goodness. believe my height. And then I'm also Topoli, according to... I think we're going to put a picture of your driver's license with your height, <laughs> just so everyone can, you know, once and for all have oh. this settled. Wow, I'm shocked. Vish Mizari, Aloni, like, another one was oh like, what's God. up with the beard? And, you know, I was like, what? Just say hello. You know what? Maybe it's because we don't put enough videos and photos and stuff of you. People are starting to forget what you look no, like. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's like a thing. They, they feel comfortable. People, I, I just don't think... <laughs> In English, you don't lead with stuff like that, you know. Like, Are you Jean Romeshi? Yeah. You've gotten chubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suratit, and then the one guy said, "Suratit topolishode." Well, your face has gotten chubby. <laughs> God, <laughs> like I can control it, you know. And Gee, I was like, thanks. "Oh, thanks, okay," you know. And like, um, I mean, boom. they always followed with something about rock, at least. Yes, that was lovely. Lots of people coming right. up and saying rock, and actually, a lot of people recognize Ugi. Yesterday, yes. people Our like leader. From, people I'm you know my total strangers right. running up Oogie and I'm like wow Oogie's so Oogie's loved. got like star power he does so that was yeah that was my tear gone festival people <laughs> just coming up and commenting on what I'm wearing or my beard or I'm too tall I'm taller than they thought or I'm chubbier than I thought they thought or was wow a, yeah it's weird uh, and then I did a I did an interview on Iran oh. International. I I agreed this guy Farad Farazad, yeah, the big anchor guy, right, right. Who, by the way, much shorter than you think. <laughs> <laughs> now we're commenting. Oh, his face is a bit in person. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I actually didn't this, see him this whole festival. Well, I know he, he was, was like he was running around and broadcasting. Great guy, a really nice guy. Yeah. He's been on the show before, you know. So he had said, "Come, you know, right, let me do right. an interview." And beforehand, I'm like, "Do I?" I asked a couple of people. I go. Do I, should I speak in English right. where I can sound... Did I ask you this? No. No, I we, should have asked you. What would you have said? Should I speak in English or should I speak in Persian? Because most of the people in, in Iran who are watching Iran International will say, oh, it's cute, it's I, Persian, I, but I can't I can't speak as well, right? I can't mm, speak... I think I would have said speak in English because oh, oh, because I, Iranians I speak English anyway. I mean, I know they prefer to watch Iran International in Farsi, but know. like, how many Iranians do we know so from I inside Iran to speak, speak in Persian? English? Okay, but how did it go? I think it was a disaster. I'm gonna go it look was, at it. Yeah, don't I'm gonna look. go watch. I, you know, all these people came up after, like, throughout the weekend. They were like, yeah. "Oh, we saw you on International. That was cute." I'm like, that was cute. We were talking for 15 <laughs> minutes. That was cute. You know, it's like a, you say to a He's child. Not bad. Oh, and then I. In the middle of the interview, yeah. I wanted to say support, and I couldn't remember. Like we we need to support right. the Iranian culture, and I couldn't remember if supporting is Hamlet or Hemayat. Hemayat. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, so I was like, I was like, very what different meanings. you know, like yeah, it was just. I mean, the whole. What did thing, you end up going with? I don't know. I, okay. I can't. The whole thing's a blur. Okay. And you know, and and I know I should have spoken probably. I mean, to be fair, everyone did say, well, I mean, everyone, the people came up, right. said, it's funny because they would say, hey, that was great. No, yeah. you're pretty Then I'd go, but was it really? No, I and think, go, oh, you know what? Well. You probably think it's worse than it was. It's now, always like that. Well, you know what the problem was? I should have like mixed in a bunch more English. Right. I went for it. Yeah. So I was like pausing to think of the words. Mm. 
Hamlet is not support. No, right? no, no. Yeah. Hamlet. Hamlet is. Yes. Yeah. Hamlet is to attack. So should, <laughs> totally different. I context. was like, <laughs> we need to Hamlet the Rastock group. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Um, speaking uh, of Rastock, yeah. I thought that was such a phenomenal performance. You did, huh? I did. Yeah. I loved. They're it. always good. They're always good. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. But one. there was a yeah. Anyway, I mean, so that's uh that's my thing on experience. I I I'm speaking Persian. You were speaking English. I was. So you actually your Farsi is really good. Thank but you. you. But you didn't speak Farsi at all. No, you know what? This was like I said. My if very you were first interviewed time, on Iran's National, would you speak? Well, Persian? I was Persian? going to be actually. So Daria uh-huh. and I were asked to uh, do an interview, uh-huh. and um, I got caught up going in between different stages and doing the openings and things right. like that. So we didn't get a chance to. But funny enough, I was thinking the same thing right. when they asked me. I was like, Oh, do I speak in Farsi right. or English? And you know, I'm comfortable speaking in Farsi, but I've always said this. I feel like when you try to be professional and I don't mean professional in like a career context. I mean just to sound a little bit more I don't know, like you know how Farsi it is. There's like politeness and things like that and that's hard for me. Just speaking to friends and, you know, hanging out, talking Farsi is easy for me, but if I want to step it up a notch, I can do it much better in English. Yeah. So Well, after I did the interview thing, all of the Iran International, all the people who were around, yeah. some of whom were like Maral Mohammadi, these right, people we right. know, they were like, That was great. And I was like, Was it really? And they were like, No, no, it was really yeah. good. It w- it really went well. And then I saw oh. them then the next day when uh, Super P, you yeah. know, because I tell her, You gotta be honest with yeah, me, you know. Of course. I was like, What did you think? And she was like, mm, <laughs> You should have spoken in English. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you should like that was you know you know what I was like and I was like well no but it, was, it wasn't bad right yeah. she was like no nah, it was oh. bad uh, you know she didn't I mean uh, it was uh, she meant you can be more eloquent well, that's you exactly can be what I was you can saying. show people yeah. you're smart in English <laughs> instead of and then she was like because you talked like a four year old which I thought was a little excessive you, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know how I can tell that Super P said that that it wasn't good mm-hmm. because I I keep saying I keep saying can you I haven't seen it right. right so I keep saying oh can you send me the link and she's like yeah 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 and she, <laughs> she's not she doesn't send it she's and sheltering you it's something like that and also like um uh today I was like because other people put up their links right, and, you know right. they do an interview and I was like oh I should. <laughs> <laughs> I just put up the interview. She's like, no. That, no, she was like, um, you, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I, like, I love that she's so like, soft about it. She's like, no, maybe no, no, not. No, 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 no. You don't need to. And I was like, no, no, no. But I mean, why not? People right, put up their right. interviews on their social media. And she's like, yeah. no, I don't think you need to. Do she really. But she's like a self-hating Persian. Like she doesn't like anything <laughs> oh Persian. So like she, she prefers me in English. Although, you know, you know what? That is true. She, yeah. I, I have noticed that about Super Yeah, B. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I we speak Farsi Shil- all the you, time here. Are you Shilang Meshi? Yeah, yeah. Does it you Shilang? Yeah, Topadi Shadi. <laughs> I mean, what? Who are these people? Oh and the what, the obsession with my height. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I think I, Persians are obsessed this. with that. I've really noticed. How Why are they all commenting on that? I don't know. <laughs> we should we should film you standing up more or something. No, don't. Do, I don't know if you remember. I think I told you. Maybe you weren't here. And I told that story. There was a photo we took in right. the rook uh, of the rook team, uh-huh. and I, you know, I'm taller than right. most of the rook team. And then people wrote in, going, "Hey, there's something wrong with the photo." Oh my god! Because <laughs> why is Gian taller? Like it's a weird angle. I didn't know they that. wouldn't believe the photo. <laughs> the fuck! 
I did not know this. And this Faradad, he was being, you know, I said to him too, he said, I'm just speaking English, you know. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 your Persian's great. You know, like I tell, now I get it, right? Because I always say to people speaking English right. on Rook. Because it's charming. It is. I think so well, too. Not according to Super P. I think. I mean, she looked at me like, well, you know, what did, this was a, a big problem. <laughs> What I'm did sure you go do that, that for? Problem. You know, and I felt bad about it all weekend. People were coming up and like, "Hey, I saw you were international. Yeah. That was great." And then and I'd look at them like, "I don't believe these people." For the and um, then they'd say, "Why are you tall or something?" <laughs> why, why, the, what's, why I think the beard looks good. Thank you. Yeah, for the closing Speak ceremony. Oh, she doesn't yeah. like it. No, Persian moms my mother, never like beards. My mother doesn't like facial hair on anybody. No. I was having this conversation with a friend. I was saying men polite. should all have facial, facial hair. Facial hair is not polite. Oh no way. Yeah. Um, for the closing ceremony, speaking yes. of English and Farsi, yes. again, not only was I nervous to speak in English, I was extra nervous if I had to say anything in Farsi. Hmm. And so Banafsha Toheryan, who I was on stage with, um, she thought it would be funny to tell me that I was going to do the closing on my own and to do it in Farsi. Oh. So the entire show, it was going on and I was sitting there stressing that hmm. I was going to have to go out there. That Banafsha. That Banafsha. <laughs> She did a. She did her one of her poems at the. She did. She's you know she's amazing. Our 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 buddy. Good job. So I I always Hamlet. Because <laughs> <taught her. laughs> that right or Hamayat? Hamayat. Yeah, Hamayat. Yeah. Hamayat. It is. <laughs> the worst part was like in the moment. Right. Like as I'm talking to Fardod, looking down at him because he's tiny, you know, <laughs> and I'm huge. Uh, <laughs> he's and I'm going well. Bombayad, and I'm like, which one is it? Hamler, Hamayad. They're so similar. Why would they put two words that are so similar that mean opposite things? <laughs> we <laughs> need to Hamlet. You're gone. Uh, we're coming to you on uh, rookmedia.com. It is there that you can link to all of our platforms. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Castbox. If you'd like to see some visuals with Rook, I feel like bad now that I called Faradot tiny. He's not. <laughs> He's not tiny. No, we're just saying in comparison to how tall you are. That's right. If I were to go up to him, I would, uh, you know, I'd say, are you fair that person? <laughs> <laughs> then Does he have make some hair? comments about, no, he's very okay. clean. Yeah. See, my mother would like his face. Got it. Very clean. Got it. And polite. It's polite <laughs> to have clean, clean face. Yeah. You know, my mother, it's, it, you know, really it's about whatever I have is not the right thing. <laughs> Isn't that the because same with all parents? Most of my life, my mother was like, "Why do you have this? You know, oh, oh, you're." You know, I told you, like I've written about this. How my mother, right. she'll never say directly. Right. It's passive aggressive. It's more like, um, "Oh, you've decided to grow your hair." It's, it's the like mom that. tone. Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, what you mean is you don't like my hair?" <laughs> no, no, no. You, you just decide. Oh, you, you're wearing those boots again. It's like that, right? Right. So. All the whole time, it's like, why is your hair long? Why is your hair? and then if I cut my hair, she'd be like, you know, Marie's hair has gotten long. It looks really good. It's always like that. <laughs> so I think if I clean my face up, it would be like, you know, oh, Batman has grown a beard. It's a, oh but I think with the beard thing, no, 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 she's never. I don't understand why. I, I've really noticed this. A lot of Iranians who, a lot of Iranians are against facial hair, and really? I don't get it. Yeah. Like younger, younger Iran, like friends of mine who really? I talk to, yeah, I, all I the don't time. Find that. And then I always say, I'm like, I genuinely believe men should have facial hair. Mm. Oh, you're pro facial hair. I am hair. super pro facial you hair. Ham lev, that was, uh, you <laughs> yes, have my at you have my at the part. I have my at the facial, hair. The facial yeah. hair. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a thing. What about the man buns? Do you like those? 
you know, I never really liked it. And then recently, I was like, you, you know, come around like, to yeah, the man buns? Maybe a little bit. Hmm. But you like more a corporate kind of guy. You're not really into arts, no. cultural people. I mean, the, I do. The person I just don't who's think working on this show, <laughs> and you are looking for like a guy with super you, you i'm surprised you like the beard actually because you're you're very like you want a banking kind of <laughs> is that the vibe guy <laughs> it's not the vibe it's what you've said that's no, what you it yeah is you true. like it that corporate true, yes. kind of but you know. they still need to appreciate arts and culture uh-huh, sure. and all that. they just yeah, don't need okay. to look like an well, artist uh, if you want to <laughs> if you like to see what there some visuals with rook switch over to youtube and if you like your rook descriptions and bulletins in english and in persian Check us out on Telegram. Remember to support what we're doing. These riveting conversations about <laughs> whether Twitter Twitter is going to be X for three more days. Uh, you can go to our Patreon uh, page. Link to it from our website, rookmedia.com. Serious now. If you're a regular, we know you're out there. We know the size of our audience. So if you are a regular uh, consumer of um, Rook and uh, you appreciate what we do, we love to we crowdsource what we do so you can support us by going to rookmedia.com pressing the support us button it'll take you to become a rook member at our patreon page for a few bucks a month by the way this is our final show yes. before for the for the month of august we're doing a best of rook mm. a, a month of best of some of my favorites curated by some of the the most discerning minds <laughs> the same people who think i should only speak english <laughs> when I'm doing an interview on a Persian network, uh, helped curate this. Uh, so look out for the best of Rook. We got some surprises for you. Got some Rook funnies. Mm-hmm. We got some things that we're excited about for the month of August. Thank you, Pega. Thank you. Let's get to our feature guest. My feature guest today is a talented star, an Iranian-French singer, a musician based in L.A. If you are a fan of Iranian pop, you may just have heard his dynamic voice. Take a listen to this. There you go. Little taste of A. John from 2010 and the album Dobare. That is Kamiar. Born in Tehran, raised in Paris, Kamiar started playing the piano from a young age. He attended a classic conservatoire in Paris, honing his piano skills. But when attending the Sorbonne for an English degree, 
His singing voice became more and more of what he was known for in 2003. He relocated to Los Angeles to venture into the Persian music industry, soon joining the legendary band Black Cats. After that, he embarked on a solo journey, releasing his debut album, Dobare. He is influenced by R&B, Middle Eastern music, folk music, and he's been very outspoken during the uprising of the last 10 months in Iran and has released music and done performances in support. He also recently released a brand new song with Babak Amini. We will get to all of that, but first, Kamyar joins me from Los Angeles today. Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. Hi, Gian. Hope you guys are doing great. Thank you for having me from actually Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Even yeah. better. Even better. <laughs> I, yeah. I saw that you actually, one of the first demonstrations you attended after the killing of Maso Amini was in Las Vegas. So is that where you're kind of based now? Yeah. I mean, uh, my main, the main place where I live is in Las Vegas. We moved here after I got married. And uh, I think it was approximately five years ago. I would never, ever think that I would move to Vegas, but uh, it's actually a really cool city. And it's funny because people always uh, tell me, especially the non-Persian one, like, uh, oh, you're an entertainer. That's why you live in Las Vegas, because you have all your shows there. Well, absolutely not. Actually, no. My shows are all around the world, maybe few times here and there in Vegas, but actually I went there to really have peace, to have a, even, uh, you know, to, I live just by the mountains and uh, I just want to be more by myself and be more productive here. It's actually a really big city. I mean, Vegas is known for that strip, but it's actually one of the bigger cities in the U.S. and quite a, a diverse and dynamic city, right? Yes, it is. It's incredible. But the, the, the funny thing is that, uh, I myself was a victim when I thought of Vegas before, like 90% of the people, uh, when my best friends here uh, told me, but check the city, you want to buy a house, you don't need to buy it in LA or Orange County or whatever, come check it. But I was like, come on the street, I mean, uh, the hotels, uh, pool party, strip clubs, where, where would my house be, what the hell? And I realized very fast that I was a victim too, because Vegas is not only about that. That's actually just a small percentage. There's a real life. It could be very family oriented. Like some part actually reminds you of Irvine, uh, Orange County. Like, but you 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 love France so much. I mean, we're going to get into your upbringing, etc. But you always talk about how much you love France. Is Fr is living in France not an option? Well, I mainly live here, but because I grew up in Paris and my very close immediate family like my parents my two brothers and all my childhood friends they all live there so i get to travel there a lot so sometimes i feel like i live in paris too i mean paris is not really missing in my life thank god come here i'm really happy to have you on the show i'm curious when i start off with a song like a john I'm always, I have one, I have a couple voices in my head. One going, well, we got to play the big hit that people recognize, one of the big hits that people recognize you from. On the other hand, I think, as an artist, I think, oh, God, you know, the poor guy, like he's coming on here, it's 15 years ago, that or 13 years ago, that song. Is he going to be annoyed by playing something from his back catalog like that? Do you still love that song, or are you the kind of artist that feels like an earlier hit like that no longer represents you? Um, I mean... The way I sing the song, the soul that you can find in it, 
the the skill I'm singing, which is most mostly blues in a way. Uh, it's a six eight rhythm, but the spirit is actually there's nothing really Persian about it beside the six eight. It's a very modern six eight. There's no zarb. There's no you can kind of dance Persian to it, but it's very soulful as far as the singing. You know, if you take the music off and if I sing that a cappella, for example, it's, it becomes very blues. So that's really go for me, it. But me, go for it. <laughs> well, I think it's too early right now. <laughs> it's not that early. For yeah. sure. You have such a great voice. It doesn't matter. But go ahead. Yeah. But, but you know what? I'm not going to really sing it, but uh, it's just the spirit of it. If I take the rhythm out, it's like, so that becomes it's like we i'm taking you to harlem you know to yeah it's Motown, you know and that's why that's the spirit that i love that's really me but maybe today maybe i would not say a john labosho for example maybe not but this is a part of me this is it goes with that time this is what i wanted to say maybe now i would say things different but i love this song i love that answer and i love where you went with it because actually soul singing is where i wanted to go off the top of this interview you know uh, you and i have a lot in common in the in that in as much as we were kids or who grew up outside of iran albeit you in france me in the uk and and canada but one thing i really feel connected to you with is the love of stevie stevie wonder uh, and yes. I've always thought you're such a tremendous singer, but when I found out you also worship at the altar of Stevie, as I do, I could hear his influence in you. Tell me when you discovered him and how Stevie Wonder has been a role model. Well, I, I started the music playing piano until actually I uh, was studying at the Sorbonne in Paris at this very special cafeteria between like classes. And that cafeteria and Sorbonne changed completely my life because there are so many artists. So I spent hours, hours in the cafeteria. I think I started to spend more time in the cafeteria than being in the class, seriously. So I felt like I became a local star without knowing in that university, like people from all around the world. That's, that's really amazing because this is the best uh, uh, university for languages people travel from all around the world you see all cultures and you have more chance to see artists because you can study cinema there uh movie stuff like that and uh when i was staying there i i had a couple friends people that i met there like especially one a black french person who was singing r&b and i realized oh shit i'm not singing i mean i i could kind of sing or in a very shy way i would say secretly but, and he starts singing some Stevie Wonder, some Lionel Richie, Marvin Gaye. I was like, oh shit. And and I start getting frustrated because I felt the piano is not enough. I, I feel like I'm just finding out that I need something else. So when I start becoming more curious about singing and with the huge influence of my big brother, Bobak, my oldest brother, he really introduced me in a very, deep way i would say to all the black influence reggae music well symbolically bob marley but there's much more to reggae mm. reggae and r&b soul like and he he and at that time i started I, we really was listening to michael jackson which he loved it but he started getting tired of michael jackson he was like listen michael jackson is cool but it's not only michael jackson you mm. need to go through stevie wonder and understand the real power of singing and technique and stuff like that so 
when I started listening to Stevie Wonder, he rocked my world because he's a pianist, he's a singer, he's blind. He's, he's everything. Is- he's everything. I mean, those albums from the 1970s, uh, Steve, yeah. Stevie was doing everything on those records. He, he was, you know, writing the songs, playing all the instruments, playing the drums, playing the piano, yes. singing, and he was in his early 20s. It's interesting to me because because I'm such a Stevie Wonder fan. It's it's always oh, wow. gl- it's a huge. I'm a huge fan, and it's always glaringly obvious to me. It seems that he's not known as much by Iranians. I'd say Marvin Gaye as well. In other words, if you were to if you mentioned Pink Floyd or even Metallica or King Crimson, Iranians know them. But they but Stevie they might have heard of him, but they they certainly don't know the back catalog other than a couple of the hit songs. Do you have any theories as to why? That school of soul music, that Motown, didn't make its headway into Iran the way some other things like um, art rock did? Well, um, I think that uh, when I talk to older generation that are kind of maybe I would say more modern, but even though I don't really like that uh, word, but like my parents, for example, they were very modern uh, before Shah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people that lived in big cities and where even at that time when they would listen, either my mom would say, we listen, the only person we would listen to is maybe Gugush for Persian, for, uh, as a Persian singer, but we would only listen to non-Persian music, Americanized, Western, you know? Yes. And, yeah. uh, like my mom knew Stevie Wonder. My, my dad knew Stevie Wonder. They would know James Brown. The, but I don't know. After that, I feel like uh, a lot of people they would they know Stevie Wonder's song without knowing it's Stevie Wonder. That's they might true. Know, That's probably Hello, true. Yeah. Which, by the way, it pisses me off every time. You know, they might know Hello, but they know, might not know necessarily Lionel Richie. Richie. Yeah. But Michael Jackson. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it was less pop than Michael Jackson. But again, it. I don't like what I'm saying right now. I don't even like the way I'm explaining it. It's, well, it's just weird. I, there is just, I, I, I'm sure, first of all, your parents were obviously very cool. Um, I'm sure that there's there's a lot of people, I don't, and there's people probably listening right now around the world going, of course we know Stevie Wonder. Es Stevie yeah. Wonder, Chodemun, you know. But I do think that if I were to, for example, juxtaposed against Pink Floyd, you know, where we've done an entire series on this program about the fascination, the connection Iranians feel to, to Pink Floyd. I don't necessarily see that with with someone like Stevie. Now, not to go too far into the Stevie Wonder uh, rabbit hole because I want to uh, cover your career here. But is it true you performed with him, or you appeared, or you did you did some sort of tribute? What what was it with you and Stevie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a show in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it was the House Full of Toys. He does it every year. I don't know. Maybe it was the twelfth one or thirteen years. Uh, I don't remember uh, which one it was, but it was definitely his show, House Full of Toys, where he uh, invites so many huge stars. The, when when I was there, I know that uh, Justin Bieber, Drake, Michael McDonald, which no way Persian would know Michael McDonald, by the way. <laughs> right. That that one, I like, forget it. But, <laughs> Do we brothers, uh, not, on the, not on the radar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so many huge stars uh, sang, and... Uh, and I think uh, that's the concert he had where uh, I did sing uh, a, a part of a verse of his new song. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it was his new album. I think the, the, the name of the album was A Time to Love. I believe it's his last album. He never did uh, another album after that, maybe singles. 
but he was on the piano uh, playing a song, but we were a few singers sharing that song, you know, Amazing. and I had my, and I was huge. I mean, it was like, and I was the singer who was the, the closest to Stevie Wonder. I was like, oh my Amazing. God. Amazing. Amazing. I changed my back that night, I think, because uh, my, my whole life, I was like, my biggest dream is to be on stage with Stevie Wonder. And when I did that, I came back home, I changed my bio online. Like, I actually sang with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. So it's quitting time. Go go hang out at a casino in Vegas. You don't need to do You've already sung with Stevie Wonder. What else is there to do? Uh, I don't say this with any lack of respect, but help me understand how you are an Iranian pop star because you grew up in France. I mean, it would be natural for you to sing in French or emerge out of the French music scene. Is it strange for you that you ended up a, a Persian star, a Persian artist? Um, feeling that I'm Iranian is not strange at all, being Persian. But having a star status, I would say, becoming known in first in the Iranian-Persian community that was at that time, at that age, completely unexpected because... Uh, it's it, it was I kept singing R&B and stuff like that. So but I, I really have a huge love for Persian music, too, especially when I say Persian, because for me, Persian music does not it doesn't mean shit, honestly, because Persian is a language. It's like I tell mm. you, uh, I, I'm singing English music. English is not a style. It could be with a Chinese scale. But it's language. So, so first of all, we need, you know, we need to establish that. But I actually, this is the what I wanted to do in uh, in Iran is like Persian music. It might only mean traditional right. classical music right. because what is it? It's just language. So then I start singing R and B. But that helps me to connect with uh, musically with Iran. But at home, we would always speak Farsi. So. I'm saying that part, feeling Iranian, French Iranian, was absolutely not a challenge. But right. starting and singing in Farsi with another feeling, that was extremely weird. Extremely right. weird. Well, th that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, you, you can, I mean, I played in a band for years. It wouldn't have occurred to me, even though I, I'm Iranian, both my parents are Iranian, I love being Iranian. But because I grew up outside of Iran... I was yeah. singing in English. It would make sense to me that you would sing in French. That's what you're, yeah. you know, you're hanging around with a bunch of French kids. You're, you're in the French culture. You're probably listening to seeing French stars on TV, whatever. So it's very curious to me that you went in, in that direction. Um, it's a little reminiscent of someone like Air Fawn who grew up in California um, yeah. And I always tell him, like, before I met him, I thought he was like some kid from somewhere in Iran because, you know, he's so Iranian in his music. But for yeah. him, it was more of a tactical decision, he says. You know, he thought there's more of a um, niche that he could fill in, in Iranian hip hop, whereas there's so much going on in English hip hop. Was it a decision for you at some point? Like, hey, I'm actually going to do this in Persian. I'm going to be honest with you. Anyways, I was always singing so many languages, you know, like I was singing uh, a lot in Arabic, uh, even Hebrew, Armenian. Today, I might sing like around nine, ten languages. Language is, is not a barrier, you know, but the real reason why I started, I think, and I'm not going to lie, the Persian in the industry was never the target for me. Mm. I had this American dream first to make it in America and I'll start traveling with my tourist visa so many times and and I ended up 
meeting Shahwal Shapare. And anyways, I was like, shit, I have to leave in this country. I cannot stay three months, go back three right. months. I mean, at some right. time, at some point, they're going to tell me, like, what are you doing? Like immigration, you know? So I had to find a way to stay here. And I realized I wanted to work in Vegas, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm talking about 20 years ago, right. at least. And uh, I met some people. I was like, oh, yeah, we can hire you. Oh, my God. You know, like I did some kind of audition. And they were like, but so what's your status? I was like, I'm a, I'm a, do you have a work permit? I was like, no. Oh, you're a tourist visa, but how are we going to do that? You need a sponsor. I mean, it's going to be complicated. And then I realized, shit, I need a sponsor. So it's funny. I met Shahbal Shapare because then it was advised to me that through the Persian market, maybe because you're Iranian and you're a great singer, whatever, that might help and whatever. And that's how it started. I was like, oh, Persian market? Seriously? Me? What What? What the hell am I going to do? Interesting. And, that's and then I was like, no, actually, it could be cool. And Shahbal saw that you know what we can bring the r&b flavor in the persian market he believed in that he it was like betting you know he's great that way he's done you know he's it, that that he has that kind of industry about him he's spotting people and and bringing them up like he did with you before we yeah. get to that let me let me just go backwards for a second back to you being in france because um I'm curious about you as a little kid in France after the 1979 revolution. I mentioned we have some stuff in common. I, I It was a confusing and difficult time to be an Iranian in the West. I experienced it here as a kid in Canada. How would you characterize that period as a young boy growing up in an Iranian family in France during the Khomeini years? Uh, it was honestly very tough for me, even though, I mean... I was kind of still a baby, obviously, but uh, I felt completely confused. I uh, Even if I started to understand French when they would speak to me, I would refuse to answer them back. So that was a, starting to become a huge problem. Uh, my parents had to talk for me or answer to someone. I was just confused, and it took time until I, I started responding to mm -hmm. to people directly or in French maybe I felt a little bit with, with France but but I think geographically I was completely confused and uh, and the French I mean is a it's a huge difference the culture is very different so um honestly it was super confusing and uh, I mean obviously you 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 you're uh and you, when you start growing up, you start feeling even more different. Like, okay, like white people, French, Iranian, Arabs, it becomes very confusing, you know? Yeah. And you're a kid, I guess you're more pure in your judgment. So there are questions unconsciously that you have, but you cannot really express them. And back in the time, I mean, I don't know if that's really what you're asking me, where we're going is correct, but back in the time, then I realized what racism could yeah. be or not, and yeah. there was a border. I saw in one interview you did, you said there were some teachers who gave you a hard time, even, you know, that it was, it was I guess you felt like uh, another, or you felt like somebody, uh, uh, an immigrant, an alien, you didn't feel like you always fit, fit in. Would that be true? Yes, so so what's funny is but because because honestly I hate being the one that plays a victim. I think a, a lot of people play the victim card and I'm very careful the way I express because I do not like to exaggerate something. Mm -hmm. You know, of course I I um uh, I witnessed racism, but it was not necessarily in quantity, was not necessarily directly saying, "Oh, you're not French." Not that that was rare. 
it exists but that's rare mm -hmm. it's the way they would treat you like oh obviously you got like kind of like you feel you guys are different or where you would be in the class or with who you would be you know because uh, you know like if the latin community is huge for example in america the arab community from maghreb is huge in france right. so i would be seen for a french person French perspective, like an Arab, which I, I didn't even care because actually so many of my friends were Arabs right. at that time. And right. it's kind of understand each other. We're different, I guess. So we're supposed to hang out with each other, you know? And uh, th that's funny. Unconsciously, you think that that's normal as a kid. So, yeah. you know, yeah. so I'm more accepted there, you know, and you start behaving a little bit different. So I, I got really confused about that. But very soon I became different with my Arab friends, immigrant friends, because I start hanging out with kind of like the ghetto, non-French, you know, Arab or black person, let's say, and the very blonde, uh, <laughs> how do you say it, you know, like the uh, symbol, right. the curly hair with glasses, like, uh, you know, like both make fun of each other, uh -huh, you know, and uh -huh. and, it, and both would ask me, how do you hang out with this and the other extreme too? And I, I really loved both sides i was so passionate and maybe the artistic part in me is this is like i loved i saw the good in everyone and this is the, a huge difference between me and all the kids and i felt disconnected and i feel regardless if it was in france i was in france or not anywhere i was in my class mm. i saw the best through everyone the good and at that age people are not like we we any kids are assholes right, you know right. I, I very much appreciate your um desire to not uh exaggerate or or play the victim yeah. at the same time i mean look it was a different era it was the you know coming being a kid in the 80s and 90s after the revolution in iran and uh, you know i mean uh, it, it, hopefully some kids don't feel don't experience all the, th the kind of things that they may have back then today i'm curious yeah. when you so you're you're taking these piano lessons. I think your mom had encouraged you to, and you're in classical music, and you end up going to university to study English in at Sorbonne. I'm probably guessing that was parental Persian parental pressure to to satisfy the the, the parents. At what point in your mind are you going? I actually want to. Maybe I can make a career in music. When did that occur to you? Uh, I think that was before going to university already in uh, what you, what in America we call high school, we call it lycée. It was very confusing. Do I want to, do, do I want to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer like my dad? You know, uh, how can I tell you? Like, it, I think in, when I started to go to university and I started really hanging out with adults, which was a freedom for me, seriously. Like, if we, we want freedom in iran in our country right now and we want a new revolution mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and a huge change my revolution was in university finally with civilized world <laughs> the civil people you know <laughs> because i found the people i was in the class very right. i don't want to say stupid but very awkward like when when and when i reached the adult world you know like people much older than me sometimes it was freedom and and, and then i knew that that has to become a job, not just a passion. It's it could become a job. People start respecting me like, like it was crazy. Like, but obviously you have to become a singer. So I think I always knew that, but it's like, it becomes obvious and loud. You know, it's like it was unconscious before. Now it's conscious, obviously. Right, right. And going to university study language, it was, I think, a compromise. 
it, it was the best, smartest compromise because, first of all, uh, the English language is very important. You can, uh, I'm, I'm going to be singing in English too, anyways. Sure. And be traveling uh, all around the world, so I think it was the smartest decision. It, it was completely matched with music. I think. Don't be khajalati uh, or, or don't talk off here. Uh, um, you ever, you're, you're an amazing singer. I mean, you're a, you're a really great singer. Was that apparent by the time you're a teenager or, in, or when you're in university? Or is that something that you honed in the years after that when you went into, when you went to L.A., etc.? Again, it's all the, all the source of all everything what is in cafeteria. That's the, the magic happened there. I became a singer officially in that cafeteria. I started singing Michael Jackson uh, um, like secretly. like, uh, And uh, I was extremely shy to sing with my voice for someone. I would just imitate opera or do stupid voices, even use some techniques, but seriously singing in front of a crowd and not just play piano. It's like taking my clothes off, being being naked. <laughs> and a, a yeah. horrible feeling. But piano, no. I would show off, yeah, I'm the best here, like, you know. But uh, <laughs> but singing is, um, I I was in the cafeteria and I thought there was no, no one there and I started saying, you are not alone. I am here with you. It sounds like Michael Jackson, but it was still one, it was part of my voice too when I sing soft, you know? Mm. And a girl who was an Armenian, who, her name is uh, uh, Nora, heard me, and I thought there was nobody. Was, oh, my God, what, you don't only play piano. Oh, my God, do you realize your voice? Ladies can fall in love with you. Was, Why? Oh, my God. And that changed my life. And I started singing in front of my mom, who has uh, a teacher appearance when uh, she needs to discover something new. It's always like a judge. I'm always scared of her. Of, of her. To show her something new because <laughs> right. an option right. and singing and we did a meeting with all my friends who came support me because like i'm scared to sing in front of my mom she need to approve that you know because she was a singer you know oh, okay. she sang she sang i know she played the, the accordion but i didn't know she was also a singer especially a singer she sang for the shah farah the queen oh, the wow. king of iran she joy she got a prize okay, everything right. yeah, yeah. okay she was Huge influence in music and, and singing too. So what does so, she say when you sing for her the first time? You, you know, my mom will never give you directly, that's her style, <laughs> directly a compliment. It's like, when I sang, I think I sang Hello from Lionel Richie, but I was like trembling because like, oh my God, and my friend are here, am I gonna make a fool out of myself? Uh, then I finished the song, I was like, so? like, And my friends are, well, with her glasses, apparently, I see your friends enjoying. They're respecting <laughs> you, and everybody is like you. I assume must have to. You must have some voice. I hear that different than before, so it's interesting. Okay, <laughs> and then slowly, it, it, it. But she was my biggest fan. When I say that, but but she, you know, she that's. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me just get this straight. You had you assembled some of your friends to yeah. to effectively audition for your mom. Yeah, because I was super scared. <laughs> well, what what's the worst that could happen? Your mom would I mean, would she actually say you have a bad voice or something? Because let me tell you, because I never was able, I never had, uh, I don't want to use bad words, but never had the balls, sorry, to sing uh, in front of my mom seriously. It was just the question of just playing piano. That's it, you know? Uh, so when I would make noise, like, oh, whatever, whatever. 
basically I was shy. I couldn't sing with my right, voice, so right. I would play it stupid. So she would always respond like, oh, "Please, please stop singing. Just, right. just playing piano. We, we right. don't want you to sing. Nobody wants you to sing. It's okay. It's okay. Leave that one for me." You know. So when I grew up with that, there's no way that you find the strength to seriously sing because it's, it's it, you feel you're going to be stupid. Until my friends told me, like, are you kidding me? And then I started singing with my voice in front of my mom. I think and we made it official. It was like a ceremony. <laughs> so she had to listen to me. She had to, you know, to have clean ears when she hear me. Okay, there's something going on. There's 10 people in my house. Okay. I think Nora in the cafeteria uh, deserves royalties for the next uh, 30, 40 years. For, I mean, Nora discovered, forget Chapel Chapare, Nora discovered you in the cafeteria. Yeah, because she would beg me to sing again, continue. I, I was like that. Sing again. I swear to God, I'm a woman. This is crazy. She would find a language to make me comfortable. Like, And I was like, you're kidding. You're just making fun of me. You know, I was like, I, I turned red and everything. And so she convinced me. And because she's a great musician, a great pianist, it's her job. So she knew how to talk to me. She was like, that was amazing. And I said it on TV. I said it everywhere. Yeah. Where did you play for your mom at, at your at home? Where where was this uh, famous audition for your mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the city next to Paris, uh, in the region of Paris, and uh, we had a house back in the time. And uh, my mom, my parents bought me a Yamaha piano, so that's how it started. Since I was 10, 11 years old, and I think I was maybe eighteen years old. It was very late, actually, somehow seventeen, eighteen years old, nineteen years old when I started really. To sing, and you did the Lionel Richie song. You did "Hello" for her. Hello, uh, maybe I just called to say I love you. But "Hello" was <laughs> the, my biggest audition song, regardless if it was ah. from started with my mom or with any audition anywhere. That was my karaoke sing. I own that song. Like this is, <laughs> it changed my career. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's actually it shows some range because uh, you're doing the Michael Jackson stuff and you're doing. Uh, the Stevie kind of stuff, and then Lionel's got a a, a deeper voice. I mean, uh, compared to, to to Michael, so you're it, it's it's impressive stuff. I find this decision that you make in 2003 to go to the U.S. You know, we say these yeah. things. Well, and he moved to the U.S. to pursue, and it all seems very normal, and especially for Iranians because there's been so much migration. People like our parents moved to the other side of the world, especially in difficult times. But it's still kind of a big deal, you know, for somebody to pick up uh, like you did at, at, a, at a, you know, you're basically 20 years older or maybe, I don't know, around that age. And, and you go, OK, I'm going to I'm going to go to the U.S. It's, it's an audacious decision. Tell me about making that that choice. You're leaving your friends, you're leaving your family or potentially leaving your comfort zone. I was also leaving the streets of Paris because at that time I was still singing a lot in the streets of Paris with my two friends and a hat and in the metro station, train station, and in front of church, Notre Dame, Montmartre. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was my biggest school to really, what they say, become a man, but in music, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> you know, like, especially at that time, they would talk like that. That's how I first met my penny, my first penny. So I think that really made me what we understood back in the time when it said, oh, you become a man, you know, like, you know, so singing in front of a crowd that you did not choose and they, the, that crowd did not choose you. And yes. then yeah. when he started becoming a job for me, I very fast, very soon realized that France is not an option for me when, you know, in America with the sky's the limit, you know, 
um, you can't really you can't really fly. If you feel there's a roof in France, something is stopping you. That's in music term. It's like there's a limiter compressor. Mm-hmm. It's like that's you're gonna stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not gonna let you go down, but you can go much up. You know, and the way you go up in France, it's like. I found it at that time pretty disgusting how to make it. It was not un- completely unfair. Mm-hmm. So I had that American dream. And funny thing is that the last gig I did in France before before moving to America, the place was called American Dream. <laughs> That's the last, some type of cabaret. You would have some dancers too, <laughs> semi strippers. But I was just singing there. It was very very tough. One you weren't stri- tough. you weren't stripping yourself. No, no. I wasn't. I was the one of the only men working there. It, it it was not a strip club. Don't get me wrong. It was something. It was a cabaret, but you would have singers too, a few, but you had to be very good because. Come here. Was there a moment where you go, that yeah, I have to. I'm. I'm I, this is the moment. I, I'm. I'm going to go to yeah. the states. What was that moment? The time I got really, it was ugly, and I got disgusted. I did some um, audition for TVs. So I reached that step that you're going to start going on TV and you'll see it as like a the voice type or whatever. Right. So, so I don't remember the name of the show, but uh, it's kind of like American Idol, but back yep. in the time in France. Yep. And I saw how better I was at some point, like if it was 20 or so left or 15, like that kind of the final uh, step, I saw like it was it was completely unfair how they would choose the singer and when i witnessed it one two three times and then when i start seeing the other contestant telling me honestly we don't understand why you're not mm. going higher at that point you know i got so disgusted i was like okay you know i i traveled to america i didn't know why first maybe to see what's going on and then i saw oh my god how i got respected fast i'm different regardless if it's in the persian community yeah. or american yeah. i wouldn't know I know how to do stuff they don't know. Like I would mix R&B and Middle Eastern stuff. Like, you know, like I would sing like a black singer, you know, with black influence, mm-hmm. but I would do stuff that they wouldn't know, know how to do it, you know, mix it with Middle Eastern. So yeah. they would see me very unique. They, they see you like art really paid there, you know? Yeah. And I was like, shit, I have to go there. This is like freedom. I felt I was flying. Seriously, it was freedom there. But it was very hard. Why was it hard? Because you live with your parents, you have all this affection, this love, and I had the best parents in the world who supported me with music from day one, as long as I proved that that's going to be a real job, not just the passion, the piano, and you know, in the living room, wasting my time for another career. Right. When they realized that, you know, this is a, a a real job and I'm getting respected and there's a future. That's how they pushed me even more. Okay, go 100%, forget about university, whatever, go, 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 you know? And leaving them and being so far from them, from my brothers, from, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how I I felt, you know, I really grew up. But that was also freedom for me to do what I had. It was clearly, I mean, it's seldom this clear that one gets a, a result the way you did in terms of this being a, a wise decision career-wise because, of course, you moved to the States in 2003 and, as you said earlier, that fateful meeting with uh, Chapel Chaparre, that connection that was that is made, and you end up becoming one of the, the lead members of, of this legendary yeah. group named Black Cats. I want to just situate you for anybody who 
most people will know this already, but um, with, with, with just a massive hit song that you end up being the lead singer on, take a listen to this. that song if you're out there yeah, and you're a fan of your, that that's this massive hit for black cats uh yeah. a little taste of juna Jodeta, and that's from the early 2000s and that features of course kamiara my guest today take us back to that time this this kid i mean yes you had some success in you know busking in 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 france etc but you've come to to america and you're suddenly thrust into the situation with this with this legendary band and and you have this massive hit how much did that song and that moment change your life well uh that song definitely changed my life because i think it's like a stamp it's like uh if you think of michael jackson and you think of billy jean you know it might piss him off sometimes like leave me alone with pg jean come on i have other songs too you know or stevie wonder with i just called salary right, let's say right. everybody has a song like whatever you do so that became the song. But I think uh, my life even changed with our first song, which uh, became a pretty big hit. But even though it was not Junior Khodet, it was still a hit. It was Nemi Khamed. That was the first song, the first experience, the first uh, appearance, a music video. Like, wow, new Black Cat singer. Oh, my God, come here. What a new style. I, I really felt the first revolutionary thing through uh, Nemi Khamed. Because the beat was funky, mixed with Indian, and we were at the same time in the studio with Arash, who was really singing. It was the same type of song. It was crazy. It was what was a big coincidence, and uh, that really uh, changed my life. I was really introduced suddenly and became overnight a star in the Persian community. I was almost not ready for that. I was like, what the hell happened? Oh my God. Like, uh, you would go outside, people would stop you. I was like, I was so shy of, uh, in this regard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Were you? Are you a shy guy? Well, on stage, I'm absolutely not shy. Like, I do not appear shy. I feel like, kind of like I'm Mohammed Ali Clay. Like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to kick some ass. It's so cool. Like, right. But it's very fun in a very healthy way. You know, I, I really want to be the best, but in a very healthy way sport spirit and but when i go out of the stage i walk and when i get this amount of love and compliments it humbled me so much that i feel so uncomfortable i i could be shaking mm. i could become numb everywhere you know uh, uh like when you're when your blood cannot circulate anymore in your in your feet when uh, yes and yeah. you don't and this is what happened in my on my face it stopped trembling and I need 10, 15 minutes to, to, to come back, especially if emotionally I went very far. And it's like now you're back in the real world and I have a really hard time to 
handle this love or this fame. So then I realized that that was my strength like as an artist or to be myself or to express myself musically like that because that's who I am. What happens with Black Cats? I mean, I'm, I want to get to your first, your debut solo album that that is in 2010. What, why did it not continue with Black Cats? Well, let's put it that way. We had a professional and mature contract for, for five years. We were shareholders. I think, I believe we can call it like that. For the first time in Black Cats, we really were having shares, like percentage, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was the main Black Cats business-wise was, of course, Shabo Shapare, that's his anyways. Uh, then there was me, Schubert Avakian, and Ramin Zoka. Mm-hmm. And then two other also joined in the image of Black Cats, but they're not shareholders. My best friend, my brother, Hakim. Hakim with in Paris in the streets of Paris and everywhere I made my first penny with through him mm. you know he took me in the streets and um, so I brought him in Black Cats so he was part of the image of Black Cats and and Gilbert Abakian was the percussionist who was uh, Schubert's uh, brother mm. so we were working together and uh, it was amazing but I think uh, you, you cannot have three four leaders working at the same time, especially if it's Shahbal, me and Schubert, uh, especially us three, actually, because Ramin was more not more was more like, OK, we do whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. it was not it was OK. You know, uh, and I think Schubert, Shahbal and me in long term, it could create some type of conflict. It could become political sometimes musically. Not, it's not really about money. It's like it's the position you have and everything and sure. it's it, it would change yeah. like waves but uh the amount of love i have for both of them is like really huge i mean shahbal is really like my father in america like uh, the relationship i have with him is magic but i just believe it's like you can have not have three leaders three presidents uh being president for one country it's impossible so I had to fly with my own wigs. I had to, I, I felt the, the fourth and fifth year, I felt like when I have my concert, I need to speak now. I have stuff to say. It might not be compatible. And Shabal was very smart and he realized that. So it was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We should actually go our own way. And there was no fight. There was nothing. It was beautiful. That is the most diplomatic explanation of a breakup uh, I, I, I may have ever heard. I was It was beautifully done, although it leads to my next question, which is that when your first solo album, album comes out in 2010, Dobare, um, yeah. Dobare is the name of the album, it's, it's, it's a huge hit. Was that yeah. a cathartic step out for you in, in that you were proving to yourself and others that you could do this alone? I was so, oh my God, I was so scared after Black Cats. First of all, I was crying from uh, from love and fear. Like the last gig I had with Black Cats was, uh, we, we, uh, I, I was in tears the whole gig. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> and, uh, and, and after that, it, I felt really like a baby. What, uh, who, like, can you fly by your own? I mean, it's... Uh, and uh, but, but Black Cats was my biggest school, so I learned so much from Shahbal, so much how to talk to people, how to the good, the bad, and then I met, and then and then I found my own dictionary in the business and music now. Oh. But 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 I really learned all this the, the way to deal with Persian. I learned it from Shahbal, and uh, 
And I really had to prove myself because Kami, I already know you as Black Cats. Like I was under mm-hmm. the shadow of Black I was Black Cats umbrella and I'm here. But Kami, are you by yourself? What can you do? And by the way, it's not always a given that you're going to have a hit if you leave that no. band. I mean, even Mick Jagger's solo albums have never done that well. People, even though he's the leader, he's the lead singer, he whatever, people want him in the Rolling Stones. So it's audacious yes. to say, okay, I'm going to leave, and now I'm going to try and do this by myself, right? Well, my biggest problem was like I was smart and... Uh, I'm, no, not smart, sorry. I don't like to say that. I was very conscious about that. That might not work, and it's going to be very hard. Don't think that. And I saw examples of people that group that you know they broke up and nothing happened, at least for some of them, or you know maybe none of them actually. So I was very aware of that. So I was very hungry, like really, like I had to, you know. I, I it reminded me of a Rocky movie. Like he really wanted to make it, you know. Like it was like tough, and and uh, so I did everything. My first. Uh, Hit song was Yebus Bede. That was my proof to to say that, okay, I'm Kamiar, it's me. And I remember I brought Shahbal for two reasons. One of them was love. And now I'm going to be honest with you. One of them was love because Shahbal, he came in the video just as a a guest, yeah. which confused the image again because like, wait, it's not black cats. I feel now I did it out of love, but also out of some type of safety. Uh-huh. Like just a few just for a few seconds you know <laughs> you know but it, it was cool but also it showed that it was a nice broke up you know it was not a break, break, break up actually and then uh after the single uh it became part of the album dobare when dobare came out then i knew that wow i made it like dobare Bede was a transfer you know but yeah. dobare was boom that yeah. was like oh that's me hundred percent now it's a funky rhythm, bass, like uh, with Hakim's bass, that, that's me. And when everybody starts saying, eh, 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 like that, it, it was like, oh, wow, I, I made it, man. And then, of course, Ajon, I had all this dream that, okay, I want to use the Boba Karam rhythm, but for some rhythm and blues. Like, R&B, Rhythm and Blues, and Boba Kata mixed. I start being me. This is me in the Persian market. Let me play a little bit of that, Nazdi Kemal. Great, great video to that song too. That yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking of when you were talking about things going inside your body and feeling that I was thinking about the video to to Nasty Command. So you, there's all these hit songs. I mean, this album is, uh, you know, it's Adele esque in terms of the way it affects the Persian pop market. You know, you come out and you've got all these songs that become big, big songs. It's your debut. Um, you know, it's no secret that what happens after that is a is a source of some discussion and confusion for people because you disappear or you're, you're you don't put out music for a few years after that uh you've talked a little bit about this but do you have a perspective now on what you went through or why why you didn't follow that up uh for yeah. a few years 
yeah. So so it's not that I was not doing anything, but it's like I would I would release a single once every uh, back in the time, not now, but not I wouldn't release anything for two years suddenly, a year and a half. Uh, uh, and I think it's the it's a disease. It's a disease. Uh, it's a star disease. It's a success disease. And uh, you start having so many heats. You're doing good. You, and you, you and, and that's why I purposely use the word hungry before after black cats. I was I had to prove myself. You get to a point. We all go through that. You don't need to prove yourself. So you're enjoying your royalties, kind of. You know. So you don't feel the urge to, to to release a song to prove, which is very dangerous. And you can watch the career of so many stars and you see the ups and downs and 90% of it consciously or unconsciously has to do with that disease of success and, and hunger that it changed, you know, and uh, you start traveling, you, you think you, you don't feel the urge to releasing songs. Mm. It's funny. You go more going live. You're doing from uh, like huge concerts or or like private events, and uh, you start traveling. You just be, you you becoming a tourist. You becoming a tourist of your own uh, spa of your own uh, success. Is it ego related? Do you feel like you got a, you got too little too happy with yourself? For me, it never was ego. Ego was never, never, ever an enemy because I was very aware of it. And I, I, the way I grew up and the way I started music from the streets or whatever, ego was not an issue. It was just, uh, I think, that urge. I was discovering the success of Kamyar, the brand Kamyar. But I remember also that I had some type of depression too because of... Uh, uh, problems that I had with relationships and uh, I don't know identity, love, relationship, and uh, becoming American. I had some immigration issues too back in the time. I don't want to go too much through that, but uh, I had an O one visa. It was complicated, you know, mm -hmm. and I was kind of in uh, danger. It expired. Yeah, I can't really go through details, but I'm saying it was expiring, and and, uh, and 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 it was so many other problems became like priority. Mm -hmm. So when you see your uh, house shaking, and it's not necessarily music related, so you don't have the tools, mm -hmm. those tools to 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 just focus on music, you know. And and then I couldn't leave the country, so. At the peak of my success back in the time, uh -huh. after the Dope album, I could not tour outside of America, so it was, it was horrible. Huh. What a juxtaposition. It's usually for Iranians in Iran that they can't leave, and here you are in America, and you, you can't leave America to do what you want to do. Come uh, yeah. does it then, when you've had this successful debut album without these hit songs and, uh, and, and for all of these different reasons that you've just laid out, you're taking some time and for the next one in terms of a, a, a next album rather than a few singles etc does it then start to become an albatross does it then start to become this big weight of oh god how am i going to follow that up how am i going to have the next dobare does that start to start to weigh on you 
Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It started because because all my friends, my family, everybody kept complaining about that to the point that it started to irritate me. I couldn't, I didn't want to hear. Like, it, like let's say your friend at that time is saying, "Why are you not releasing song? Why are you? It's a shame, whatever." It would get to to a point that I would be so irritated that I would uh, run away from you. Would would just. I would leave the and and, mm. and it would piss me off because because they're saying something that is true. They don't know what I'm going through, but and they're absolutely right. So what hurt me the most is shit. They are absolutely right. They show me they're showing my reflection in the mirror, and I, I don't I, I can smell it. It's it's uh, don't 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 talk about it. You know, and I could not find a solution to. And so I think I need to go through it. We all need to to have to go through bad experience to re find yourself and mm. uh and you choose either you you're gonna go down after that or you're gonna go up so i had to kind of look you know you know <laughs> muhammad ali what did your what did your parents say at that time what did your dad say oh man the the the, the closer you get to the family the worse it is to, to to hear that is like especially my mom because my mom leave her dream through me too because she couldn't become a professional professional singer you know mm. back in the time and and uh, she's part of me i'm part of her so so it was very heavy from her and uh i would sometimes beg them to listen can we not talk about that i don't want to talk about that because mm. i i don't know my i started i don't know and i didn't know what music be, because let me tell you the, the problem with with me I feel like a supermarket of I'm, I'm, I'm what's maybe I'm kind of known as an intellectual singer. So it's you see it as a supermarket, even if it's a cheap word to use. I have so much to offer. Basically, mm -hmm. I can do so many different things. It's which is part of the talent. When people talk about you, oh, my God, you can sing uh, Middle Eastern. You can do R&B. You can play piano. You can do Latin. You can right. do all the languages. Right. Every French style, not in, just the language, old school French style, is great. But what, to a point, when you hear all this, uh, it's like, okay, what do I want to do seriously? Do, wanna, do I want to yeah, yeah. John Labosho? Do I want to say, hey, John Labosho? Do I want to say, like, I don't know, Mano Do I want to sing some fan hot style? It became a to be or not to be Shakespeare issue, you know? And I think that issue became bigger than what it really was because when you start thinking too much, it becomes yes. too much intellectual. Yes, that becomes a new enemy, and you you start. It smells even more now. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. It's like your your glasses start to become so. How do you say tar? Like uh, <laughs> yeah, clouded. You know? How do you work your way through that? Um, I believe with um, leaving everyone, going on a trip, going just being yourself going i don't know for example in thailand and and, and uh, go somewhere with a complete different culture somewhere where, where the fuck am i what language are they speaking oh my god far from everyone from far from people that you might really love and no influence just you and you right. that's it right. and things uh and with traveling i always say to people travel because every time you travel regardless of the experience you have you're going to upgrade it's like an iphone you know, you have to think it's... Uh, I traveling. totally agree. 100%. Go out, go out of your comfort zone. 100%. Come and me. You know, it's so interesting hearing you tell this story because I was thinking about, I was going to get to you being on The Voice. And there's there's a lot of these, The Voice Persia, and, and a lot of these young singers and musicians would look up to you. 
Now, I asked Ervian a similar question when he was on not long ago, but for someone like you, even though you're not a particularly old guy, but you've, you know, you've now lived through a number of things. You've lived through, um, you know, uh, singing in a, in a, in a culture that uh, in, in France that is a smaller music industry, coming to America, having a big hit with a band, having a solo debut album, working your way through, not having a follow-up right away, all of that. Tell me a bit about the advice you would give a 20-year-old singer today who says, come here, I want to be like you. What comes to mind? What is the way you, the best way you can counsel these younger artists who look up to you? Well, actually, it's a good thing because I do a masterclass of singing where uh, kind of like shortcut to teach people uh, a lot one by one. It's not necessarily that official yet, even though we have a website. It's like My Star Academy with people all around the world, but it's kind of exclusive, you know, and um, an end masterclass that are group masterclass too. Uh, so it's funny, some of them are known singers, but we just agree to famous singers, but we just agree to not see it because they might not want to know that, oh, come here is. Sure. You know, yeah. but there are singers, amazing singers that are not known that ask me this. And that's part of my master class is when you say you want to become like me, what do you mean? <laughs> are you talking just about, oh, I want to be known or, oh, I want to be a different singer because I want to be like you could mean could mean everything and nothing. Right. Because then it goes to back to that question. But who are you? Do you know who you are? Be like me. Fame. That's not a, the greatest thing I want to hear because fame fame could automatically come with the with what you have uh then we can talk about marketing but that's a different thing but um it's what's that wh why do you want to be different because when they asked me when shabal asked me that question i was very clear about it i knew what i want to do yes i have i love stevie wonder but i i don't want to become stevie wonder but i have a huge influence influence is beautiful getting inspired is in beautiful in my, my master class i want to continue being an inspiration but for you to find yourself so my first thing is did you find yourself find yourself be yourself and ask yourself what is different about you stevie wonder did that moin did that ab daryush did that but you your name let's say is abbas what do you what why are you different mm. why what because you need to be different than me you could still be rnb soul funk whatever right. but what is it that is different about you and that's the main question where sometimes they're like they they threw up god you know like like oh shit like you know and then you see okay do you have the real reason to do you really have it to become because it's vocal aside it's not just how good even if the singer is a great singer i could tell like this person is not necessarily going far like right. it's not made for tv maybe you can sing and have the best party in, uh, as far as private party in your living room make everyone happy but you need to be you, and and this is what is missing. The real reason why you want to be a singer, the essence. Mm. It's such a great pleasure having you on, man. I I want to spend the uh, our last uh, little bit together talking about um, Iran and and what's happened in the last uh, year, oh. the uprising of the last ten months, because you haven't been shy at all about um, no. standing with the, the 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 people inside Iran who've been fighting for freedom uh, you i saw you at um protests in, in i mentioned vegas earlier uh, in paris uh 
Um, you've released a couple of songs. We're going to play a little bit of, of one of them in, in a moment. But tell me your, first of all, your visceral reactions, What, how you processed what you saw happening uh, with the killing of Masa Amini and, and the days and weeks after that. I mean, the killing of uh, my Kurdish sister, Masa Amini, especially that I'm also also Kurdish from my dad's side, and especially we're Iranian, uh, was... It was horrible. It was such a a wake up, but we I, I felt that something this time was so 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 different, and uh, and I don't know because it killed me. I mean, I, I felt there was it started to become an opportunity for Iran, for everyone in Iran, inside of Iran and outside of Iran, to do really something. I, I wanted the, the the whole world to hear us. Because my voice is, is also our voice, mm. we're one voice. And but I felt the challenge was that this time we really need to be one voice. We we need to be together, which is always the biggest challenge I think in our Persian Iranian DNA. Because we really have hard time to do a teamwork. Yeah, we we're very good. Us Iranians, we're the best in the world, honestly. Solo, solo, we're doing the best. Right. But together, right. It's terrible. I think uh, even, I think a, a football team we could even fight with each other. <laughs> I saw. By the way, you can't have three leaders in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But th this time you had to think of your brother sister. You know, mm. you had to think of future generations. It was not about me being a leader. In is me being part of. Uh, you know, when people think we're all part of God, part of love, whatever. This is we all part of. It's a mother. Iran is a mother, and there's uh, it has cancer, and we need to to all become some kind of chemotherapy. And chemotherapy could be very aggressive. It's not it's not easy. It could be aggressive. Mm -hmm. It goes through mm -hmm. anger, through cry, through tears. So so the, this is a revolution. In revolution, you have all these feelings, mm. and the revo the revolution started inside of me. I I, I I discovered myself. I saw I could have some very weird trapped feelings inside of me i really felt i never felt so much iranian in my life so much persian and uh and it pissed me off when i looked some of the artists and obviously i'm not going to say names but and a lot of them changed actually went to the right side not on the dark side of the force in star wars <laughs> words but uh a lot of them would start acting and and saying stuff just because, oh, I mean, we have to say something, you know? And my first post, I was so angry. I did a post, I put a camera here, I did not calculate everything. The one I was saying, shame on you, sharm, yeah. so I get caught in the yeah. whatever, if you do anything. Yeah. Bro, I was here so angry. There was no marketing, nothing. I said whatever I had to say. And I think sometimes I was talking shit, so I had to edit it a little bit, like, oh my God, calm down. And I was very scared. I just throw it and it, it becomes super viral. And uh, just because mm -hmm. I'm angry, and, and 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 I guess it became some inspiration for artists because I was talking to artists like, what is it? You think it's just a bad thing that happening? You're gonna put something? Oh yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, and with two pictures of like, this is like we're soldiers. Yeah, you know, in our own way, we might not be in the streets. It's very different, but in our own way, it could be with music notes, whatever tools we have, we have to do something and it's not about me shining it's iran like we have to save it you know when you talk about revolution 
um, there was a lot of, there has been, and certainly in the last year, there's been a lot of anger at um, what's called the the reformists, uh, the people who um, uh, have maybe tried to still put stock in, you know, negotiating with the regime or resuscitating the nuclear deal or something like that. In particular, there's, there was a lot of anger, as you would know, against a, a group called NIAC and, and they're perceived as reformists. You predate this by about four years because four years ago you canceled a show in 2019 because it was organized by NIAC. Um, you don't have to go into all the politics of it, but you, you could tell me what you learned from that, that whole experience. Well, uh, well, I learned something is uh, when you're doing something or you were close to do something, for example, I mean, you're talking about NIAC or anything else. First of all, I'm not an expert to go through the DNA of NIAC to really tell you what it is or what it's not. But I just felt that for people who love me, for my fans, family, and people in the world, something was wrong. Something was not clear, mm. you know? So the NIAC case, I learned that something is not clear. And I saw that if I do something with it, it's going to hurt so many, so many people. If it hurts just few people, I could be, oh, I don't care. And I don't know what exactly NIAC is in reality, so I don't care. But regardless of what neck is it is or not it's hurting truly so many people even my family member even maybe i mean very close people and i was like okay is it worth it for me to go sing something that i don't know and hurt so much people so what i learned is like whatever you do it's extremely important that you know where you are putting your foot that because i never experienced something like that and and but the cool part is like the message I got from thousands of messages that I got in 24 hours from the world for 99% of it. And that's my experience. And even though I would not see Persian like that, because I see them very aggressive in the comments when they're not happy. But it was so respectful for most of them, the way they addressed to me that please don't do it like it was so most of it that was like wow i was big because if they would start insulting me oh if you do that right. nah, 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 right. nah, nah, then right. i was like you know what oh you, know, you guys are not better you know but i feel it inspired me that they're trying to tell me something for with love so you know what i'm just not going to do it it's okay i mean obviously that it's it might be wrong you know the song iran malemost yeah um, i want to play a little actually let's play a bit first and then tell us a bit about this song اسم تو شده گرمز شینا قهرمان ما شدی نیکا مثل حدیث و غزاله و سارینا مثل نبید و هناده و روشنا گره میزنیم ما بوهامونا برای پدرها و مادرامونا برای خودمون و بچه همونا برای خوهر و برادرامونا ما The taste of Kamiar's song from, I guess, about three or four months ago, called called Iran yeah. Malamos, which is Iran is is ours. 
tell me about the impetus behind that message. Well, the Iran Malimas or the two other songs, one of them was the Michael Jackson song, the one of them was the Queen Freddie Mercury song, We Will Rock You, yes. and they don't care about us. I did them Farsi and this one, they were all part of the revolution that I had inside of me. First of all, I left America at that time. I went uh, in a village in France just to be by myself. We had a team, like a revolutionary team, just working on stuff, on content, on message, stuff like that. And and that song, actually, Iran Malemas, because we want Iran back. We want our mother back, you know, because we feel like foreigners, like non-Persians actually took our country, you know, and this is not us. This is not it's not a country anymore what the hell it has been stolen you know and what is amazing is that that song has been has been created wrote from people inside iran mm. very very talented team oh my god and i i'm so frustrated i cannot give them credits because i want i beg them but they beg me to not you know because they would be in danger sure so this is really from the streets of iran from people that live there and uh, we actually rearranged it with my friend uh, M. Jubi, a great uh, producer uh, who lives in Paris too. So we're together and uh, he was also a big influence, a big uh, someone I worked with a lot. Like we spent, like, like the reason why I spent so much time in Paris during the revolution, because I actually wanted to honestly be completely focused on Iran. And I did not want to taste anything that has to do with me being a star or doing gigs or anything like that, because I felt like it was a, a treason. If it was something that would make me far from the truth. Yeah, and you, uh, there was a, uh, I think it was very early on in the in the uprising, uh, again soon after the killing of Masa Amini, you were at a demonstration and someone in interviewed you. It was an American media interviewed you. And you said, this is my duty. I see this as my duty to be out here fighting for the Iranian people. T tell me about, as an artist, um, you, you said something earlier about uh, it, it pisses you off when and you kind of trailed off. You didn't actually uh, tell, you don't have to name names, but, but when you say it's your duty, are you saying that you believe anyone who has a platform like singers like yourself need to be speaking out right now and that you are disappointed if they're not doing so? Okay, um, so so I at the same time I disagreed with some people when they said it's everyone's duty. Mm. I mean, it just depends how you formulate, how you what do you mean, how you interpret it. But I think it's our duty if we say when in we are in our comfort zone when everything is beautiful. If you took responsibility in front of camera when things were more okay, you'd say, oh, I'm Iranian, Iran is so important. Oh my God, no, 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 all this beautiful thing or bullshit depends. And when shit happens and, uh, you know, it's like, a, it's still like a, you know, like it's a music video when I talk, you know, I'm oh, going to put a, a black image. I'm going to put a, that pisses me off or, so, or people who are completely absent, you know, and especially if you're an artist, I hear your interviews, the way you talk about things, and I feel such an emptiness. So it's so fake for some people. Now I'm thinking about artists because it's even worse because we have we are loudspeakers. Yeah. The more you have fame, the more your speakers are huge. So whatever bullshit or great thing that you say, it's louder. Yeah. So use the platform for whatever you preached 
you are. If somebody from start, let's say a star, whoever who grew up outside of Iran, did not really give a shit. Really, truly, it was himself. Like, you know, as he's doing it, some Persians love him, American loves him, whatever. But he never preached, he never said, oh my God, Iran, whatever. Then I wouldn't be hurt right now. Yes, I wouldn't yes. think this duty. See, I respect it. It's not. You need to feel it, you know. And uh, I'm just uh, doing bullshit, you know. Or if you bullshit, then now, you know what? Take responsibility. Do it. And, and I hate that. And when I see the fakeness in some artist or some influencer, I, you can see the nature of their post or whatever they do or what they say. Is it real or is it just, you know, it's cool to say it. And, and me, I fucking hate that. But I learned to not focus my time on hating that because this is i going backward I, 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 you're not my focus anymore you know like i'm gonna do my thing but if i can convert some of you that still have chance because this is beautiful and this is what i learned too is you don't go and destroy somebody mm. when they didn't do the right thing because if you destroy them you could have them in your team some of them you know they're still like that convert right, them right. with love Right. Don't destroy Don't them. Don't cancel this is a, them necessarily. Now, um, now if we if we're ten, now we're seven. We just mm -hmm. lost three of them because we heard them cry. Some of them you can have them. They just need you know some. Well, uh, by the way, I love how this interview has evolved. You know, earlier you were like, um, um, Mazda, I'm sorry about this. I just want to use the word balls. Now you're like, I fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> you've yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you've thrown any uh, you, you don't you don't worry about your elegance it's it's all good uh, um, there are people it's funny you know now I've I've just had this happen a couple of times but a couple of people who weren't active kind of yeah. prominent ish people Iranians who were not active as much and know that I was disappointed that they weren't active. Have turned around now and kind of gone. Chobebin, chishod, chishod. You had all these protests and stuff. What? Where did you guys get? You know, they're not necessarily saying they're with the regime or whatever, but they're just kind of saying, you know, what is the purpose of all of this stuff? How do you feel, or where do you feel like we're at now, ten months in, when obviously Tumaj is in jail and people have been executed and the revolution hasn't completed yet? How do you keep your inspiration alive, and how do you respond to that person who would say that to me? First of all, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him <laughs> no 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 but uh, no, now that i'm free to speak however i want i'm just kidding uh but but i mean we would need like uh you know it's like there's something that we don't need that something that is polluted pull, pull oh my god I, i'm speaking french now okay. Yeah, okay. so something that is causing pollution or something disgusting that I, I can pick up and i can throw it in the garbage okay mm -hmm. i need to start throwing this in the garbage you know, but for uh, in order for us to have a change to clean something, we need to all put it through these bad things in the garbage, you know. And I think these are like waves. Uh, the wave becomes stronger and stronger. This is part of a revolution. It starts here. It starts with people changing, you know. Now, I believe the next wave is like vaccine, you know. The next wave is going to be much bigger. I know it goes down, but let's compare it with what was before, right. because now we were much more united. So we're becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And then the next opportunity, the next next jarajay, as we say, mm. say in, uh, in Farsi, 
I believe it's going to be even bigger because because uh, the borders we, we went much further this time. So because people like you, me, whatever we start become, it, we became loud and we we know it's that together we can make a change. But people like this, if they don't want to do anything, if they're just waiting for someone else to do it, I mean, we don't need them. We're not going to wait for them. If you guys want to follow the wave, come. But if you, but don't get credit when once things change. Like yeah, I was here. No, fuck you. You were not here, and uh, and you don't even deserve it. But we, we will remember. You know? So, but but I think that it's becoming bigger and bigger. If you remember the the green movement, that was a huge change. You would hear it all around the world. Look what happened now. Sure. Imagine next time what's yes. going to happen. Yes, but we have the, to. We have to keep faith in the next time. Obviously, uh, yeah. Um, it's been a really a great pleasure. You're you're a really um, energizing to talk to. I love your your story, your wisdom that you share, and 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 um, uh, learning about Nora in the cafeteria and, and your, the audition for your mom and your, your, your position on these protests. I really appreciate the time, Kamiar John. I, I wanna go out on this um, new song that you did with our dear friend, Baba Kamini, uh, just uh, three or four months ago, you released this. Um, Royaie Donya, is that, is that what it is? Yeah, Royaie Donya. Royaie Donya. What can you tell us about this before we go out on this song? But well, I wanted to have some kind of uh, reggaeton song, but a reggaeton that the beat might be a little bit you know, gangster, but behind it, the cocktail that is around is very poetic. I wanted to kind of the two world, and uh, I was a little bit inspired of what Santana did in the concept with Maria Maria, like bringing a guitar, like mixing with guitar and singers. So I was like, you know what. Uh, I like this formula. We have a great guitar player. He's my one of my best friends, Baba Kamini. He's really amazing. I worked with him before. We respect each other so much. I was like, wow, uh, I want to go a little bit out of my comfort zone and him going out of his comfort zone because he has to come in the pop song, reggaeton, but we're going to change it. I was like, come on, be yourself. Give me some solo, whatever. It's going to be cool. So it was like a featuring between my vocal and his acoustic, brilliant acoustic guitar and uh and uh, finally i had a real project with him and it was a love song i i i, I love the the the, the lyrics uh i wanted the, the the lyrics to be a little bit uh not serious it's about love but you know kind of not in the age on labosho thing you know what i'm trying to say because mm-hmm. i felt i have more maturity too and that that, that song came out uh at the um, the the voice basically the force the first time uh it was uh aired it was in uh it was in the voice i sang it live actually right but but he was not uh here so that was kind of the music video people loved it people people uh, if you if you go read the comments and people just absolutely love that song um hey man uh, really a pleasure merci and uh, next time in studio i hope we do this in person yes 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 you're in los angeles i'm not no, you're I mean, not. I, no, I'm in Toronto. Oh, Toronto, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I so wish close. I was in, if I was in Los Angeles, I'd, I'd tell you to get in a car and drive uh, west for a couple of hours and we'd do this in uh, person. Uh, <laughs> Toronto. Ask you in Toronto, maybe then. Or yeah. in Vegas, if you come. Or in Vegas. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thanks for all the time. And, and um, we'll keep looking out for your new stuff, brother. 
I think I thank you, uh, you, your team, everyone, and Payande Iran. I hope we'll do this in Iran live in Tehran there everywhere. You چه اون چه شد حس کنم دلت فقط منو میخواد چی میشد اگه باشی تو فالم تا خوب شه حالم دوست دارم زیاد چی میشد اگه مال من چی تو یکی بعد از اون دیگه هرچی تو بگی آخه چی میشد اگه Brand new song from Kamyar with Bob Akamini, the song This is full time for Rook for today. Thanks again to Kamyar for coming on the program. Our website, rookmedia.com, is where you can find all things Rook related. Rookmedia.com. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together Smart Pega, Super Parisa. Talented Anahita, Savvy Roham, Bearded Omid, Sound Person Louise, and Kabe. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. Find me at Instagram at Giangomeshi. And as ever, Mizunbashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah.